the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Healthcare Now, paid for by Integrated Physician Network. This program is recorded to air at this time. Healthcare premiums through the roof. So much to think about when it comes to healthcare. Who do you talk to? Where do you go next? Well, we've got your answer to navigating the healthcare world. Welcome to Healthcare Now with host Mark Chea, Larry Jones, and from Orlando Medical News, John Kelly. And now let's head into the Healthcare Now studios. Welcome to Healthcare Now, and thanks for joining us this afternoon, June 19th. As always, I'm here with my uh, co-host, Larry Jones, producer, John Kelly. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon, Dr. Mark. What happened to the first half of the year? I know, that's exactly right. You start putting a six in front of the uh, the calendar slashes, and it, it does it gets your attention, doesn't it? Well, I tell you, I think a lot of people are going to say what happened to all of 2020 after what we're going through, but things seem to be, you know, I don't want to jinx us here, but we're normalizing in, in a normal. lot of different ways, right? Yep, right. No, I think, uh, I guess the, the big news is always the mask mandates coming down. Right. Uh, but most importantly, though, is, is the positivity rates are going down. Right. And I think we can we can trust that information more than a lot of things. So, uh, so you know, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty good. I think uh, there are a few... Pluses and minuses. Uh, the cruise industry is going to kick back in. How, saw the, that. Yep, I they're going to. Yep. They're going to have the. Uh, what are they, they going to call it? The vaccine passports. Right. And also, if you haven't had your vaccination, you're in for maybe free flights, free beer, and other incentives across the country. Yeah. Yep, including yep. lotteries. Lotteries. <laughs> yeah. Lotteries are still going in That's there. Right. Yep. I saw a uh, a school. Uh, it was one of the uh, pre the daycare kind of setups. The owner was offering a hundred dollars uh, for folks right. to come and get vaccinated. And uh, that seems to seems to help. And so when we're looking at numbers now, we're not going to get too number heavy on this, but it looks like about 63 percent of the U.S. has received at least one shot. That was the number I saw, Dr. Mark. Yep. And and we we talk about this magic number of herd immunity, which is really a a moving target. Right. Um, I think I think even last week I mentioned that it's not looking like Mm -hmm. it's going to be 70 percent and also not really looking like we're going to get to uh, President Biden's 75 percent by July 4th. Right. There there was a. uh, article just yesterday about would he hit his 70% mark by July the 4th, and now they're predicting that he'll hit about 68%. So so pretty close. Yeah, and, pretty you know, close. Yeah, not to, not to play politics on that, yep. because I think, you know, you really pull these numbers out of thin air. We were doing three and a half million shots a day. A day. And at our, now at it's our down peak. to under 500,000. Right. And I know certainly here in Florida, I'm sure across the country, a lot of the sites, because there's no volume, a lot of the sites are shutting down. It's going more to the CVS, Walgreens, Publix, the grocery stores, Walmart, and, and the physicians' yep, offices. Yep, yep. And physician yep. Op- physicians can actually request the vaccine mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. and order it in. Yep, yep. Yep. So that's. Yep. I think that's a great thing. You know, it gives a, people another reason to come into the office. And and I don't know. I mean, maybe that's the comfort piece that they need to get them over the hump. But it seems as though. Those who were really eager to get the vaccine were waiting in lines, getting it all done. Right. And then you had the next wave of they wanted to get the vaccine, but it wasn't the convenience wasn't there for them. And so right. that wave is done. And now we're getting down to the nitty gritty folks that are like, well, I need right. to get back to 
my real life and my real right. job and how does that affect the vaccine? Right. Well, it seems like the 18 to 24 age group are the most hesitant at this time. Right. And again, that's part of being uh, 18 to 24. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly right. Well, how are colleges going to address this? I've seen I've seen colleges go in, in every direction. And I'm sure a lot of that, these are a lot of state mm-hmm. colleges, and, and, and each of the states has its own yeah. little flavor. Sure. Uh, so, I mean, that's that's the college age group, right. and how right. how is that going to play out? I mean, it's... Well, you know, before we talk about that, Dr. Mark, let me throw out a couple things here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and we had talked about in previous shows that even all the way back to January, about 14% of America had said they are absolutely not, not going to get the not vaccine. Right. And there was a report last week that came out saying that 87% of that 14% block definitely says they are never going to get the vaccine. I, I'm going to pull out my iPhone and mm-hmm. do a calculator on that, yeah, but it sounds like most of them are still saying no. Exactly. Which is what we've exactly. been saying all along is that 14% number hasn't been shrinking. I mean, so now we've right. got, we've got a little right. bit of a drop and, yeah. and it's, I mean, it's disappointing. Yeah. Uh, right. and, and I also think it's inevitable as yeah. we've said many times, sometimes I, I all you need to do is a, make somebody do something they yeah, won't do. Exactly. It. And we'll talk about that in a minute. I was watching a radio show, uh, not a radio show, a TV show yesterday. And one of the uh, broadcasters on the show, they had asked him, well, have you had your shots? Right. His comment was, well, I had COVID, so I have antibodies. I right. don't need my shots. Oh, no, this was the congressman. Yes, the congressman. Yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. And I thought, what? Yeah. What a message for America. Right. And he and he had a funny follow up <laughs> because then he said, I may or may have not gotten my shot. Yeah, was, he he was yeah. teasing him right. in. Yeah. I think he right. was just trying to I cover know. up because he realized so what he had said. Well, I actually have a, a close friend who had had covid and mm-hmm. has been donating plasma since he's had it. And I won't get the numbers mm-hmm. quite right. But he, uh, according to uh, the last conversation we had. He's continued, you know, they, you go back into the blood bank and they, mm-hmm. they check to see what your levels are mm-hmm. and they keep telling them, yeah, you can come back again yeah. in whatever yeah. two weeks right. because your right. your numbers are still high. Now, right. did you know if you get your, va- you're not allowed to get your vaccine and continue to donate? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't know that yeah. either. Okay. So apparently that kind of shakes things yeah. up on the serum collection mm-hmm. portion. So his mm-hmm. numbers, mm-hmm. and and it's an anomaly, his numbers have remained very high. Mm-hmm. So he is protected. Mm-hmm. And he's still able to donate. Yeah. But I was surprised or I, I shouldn't. It's mm-hmm. not a, a huge deal, but right. I, I just didn't know that that if you get your vaccine, you can no longer donate serum okay. as someone who had COVID-19. Well, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. What if not getting the vaccination cost you two million dollars, Dr. Mark? That'd be a problem. That'd be a problem. It's a problem for one of the PGA golfers. Oh, John right. Rahm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He was, he was six shots ahead going into the final round and on two Sunday. shots behind. Yes. There's the shots in his yeah. arm. That is those little puns. Sorry. Exactly. <laughs> and and they eliminated him because he had been exposed. And yep. then he after five days, he was tested every day. And on Saturday, he was tested and he was positive. Yep. And he yep. had to withdraw. Yep. And there's no way he would have lost that tournament. He with was a on purse the, of over two million dollars. Yeah, no, that that's going to be that may get bigger news coverage than a lot of call. stuff. Yeah, that's pretty tough. That's a tough wake yeah. up call. Hey, with these vaccines, mm-hmm. I think we talked before about Pfizer going to the FDA and asking for normal, right. regular, old approval. Right. And so June first, Moderna did the same. Exactly. Right? Yep. Um, and now there's not an answer on <clears throat> Pfizer yet, is it? No. No. They're, uh, it just. You mean on the FDA uh, on full, the full approval? approval. Yes. I haven't seen anything yeah. on that. Yeah. So I just I wonder if that may shift a few people. Um, you know, well, we uh, talked about yeah. that when mm-hmm. Pfizer went out for their right. uh, full approval as well. So if we get if we get both of these on on the regular, and John, you'd mentioned 
you know, uh, issues with like life insurance when we're signing our quote unquote life away with yep. these consents. So those consents would change, right? Because it would not, it would no longer be an experimental treatment. So, uh, but I think that's, uh, that, that's mm-hmm. something that may, that may change the number a little bit. Well, when you say uh, back to normal, you really mean full FDA approval. Yes, full FDA. Two, exactly. On these two exactly. Things. Yeah, because yeah. they're both yep. on emer- right. emergency approval at this that's point, right. right? As well as Johnson & Johnson. So, you know, we'll see where that where that all pans out. But I think, uh, you know, things are definitely uh, changing. I actually posted uh, recently, uh, mm-hmm. my, my son feels like it's getting normal because he went into the supermarket and they're giving out mm-hmm. the kids cookies again. So, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. But, you know, you mentioned earlier. I've uh, got to get back there, doctor. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. Right, right. You mentioned earlier about the colleges uh, mm-hmm. and that 18 to 24 hesitancy. What are they going to do? Well, the EEOC issued a new guidance just recently for employers. Yes. And that basically says that the employers can require employees to be vaccinated, but they can't force them to do it. And they can't put incentives that are punitive if they choose not to have it done. So is that a little bit of a guide for these colleges, Dr. Mark? Well, it it just depends. I think it depends a little bit on the industry that you're in. Uh, You know, I think that that someone asked me about that the other day about Mm -hmm. what, what does the hospital do um, right and so basically it's kind of a they've begun to ask it wasn't a don't ask don't tell it was they're started to ask and i know i'm i work at two hospital systems had the vaccine at one and i had to show proof that i had it to the other right okay and but it made me wonder what would be the recourse if i didn't if get didn't the vaccine get it because it's not right. written down anywhere um so and and i know there are people at the hospital that still have not received the vaccine. Right. So I, I think this it's a, it's a huge moving it target. Is. Well, and the new guidance from the EOC states that employers can offer incentives. Right. As, so as long as they're not coercive right. to encourage them and to get vaccinated. Coercive wouldn't be an incentive then. Anyways. That's right. That's <laughs> so, right. But That's yeah, right. no, and, and that does, that does make sense, uh, you know, because we've been seeing the incentives all along. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, I think, People like to uh, make make uh, reasons for new lawsuits and new uh, ways to get on TV and radio and yep. uh, make it make yep. it all happen. So I, I don't know. I think it's it's going to go back to the fact that there's going to be a, a significant group that are are not going to yep. want to do this. Right. Know? Well, let me ask you another question. Mm-hmm. Has the CDC or even the administration even come out with what they think herd immunity is going to be at? What is the number now? Well, they don't. They haven't come out with a new number. It's the, all over yeah, the board, yeah. right? Well, it's yeah. just gone up. So the thought was it would be 70%, and now the, the conversation kind of stopped there. Right. And the idea, I think it was really with the big outbreaks in India that people started saying we get a lot of travelers in the U.S. Is it really 70%? And then, so now we have approval down to age 12. Right. And so until we have cross-the-board approval, is it 70% yep. of what? Yep. So I, I think that herd immunity was got really popular uh, in the in the previous campaign. Uh, and so that term got all people just jumped all over it. They did. And, and we have, too. I mean, we've we've talked about it every 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 opening segment. About we've talked show. about it. Yep. But but it's really it's it's not it's not really a number. It's it's an actuality. Exactly. Right. So, you know, smallpox. Well, I mean, you know. if you if you take the 14 percent away, then we've got an 86 percent opportunity. Right. To right. get there. Right. And, and that, I believe, would hit herd immunity. I mean, that for, for whatever that means. You right. Know? right. And, and I, you know, means, and, yeah. and what does it mean with with variants? What does it mean with, you know, does it does it go down for a while and right. have resurgences? Right. We just don't know. 
Exactly. John, you want to drive us out of this one? I do. And we hit a milestone this week. If you are to search Healthcare Now radio show on the internet, you're going to see we occupy four of the top six spots. So as I always say, we have the most intelligent audience in Central Florida. Thank you. And please share your questions for Dr. Mark and Larry at 407-701-7424 or email healthcarenow at orlandomedicalnews.com. We'll be sure to answer your questions on the next show. We'll be right back. Life can be challenging even before COVID. Everyone experiences worry, anxiety, or even depression occasionally. So if you're feeling overwhelmed by stress, isolated due to COVID, are a caregiver to aging parents, or are dealing with any major life transition, Counseling Resource Services can help. We provide in-home and telehealth counseling covered by Medicare. Contact us at 407-654-4433 or visit us on the web at counselingresourceservices.com. Are improved patient outcomes valuable? Improved chronic care management, remote patient monitoring, medication management, all without increasing practice workload or expenses. rx to live provides a turnkey solution. Interested? rx livecom or call John Fogarty, 609-605-6859. That's 609-605-6859. It's not really a long surgery. The recovery time was practically nothing. Pretty much a piece of cake. I look at my scar as my battle scar, you know. I won the battle. Went from death's door to I'm me again. I am enjoying life. I can count on tomorrow. Barostim is an option for heart failure patients with reduced ejection fraction. To learn more about the therapy and important safety information, please visit www.cvrx.com. Looking for affordable or professional video? Differentiating your business from competitors? Brand, improving online presence about me or professional videos. Sakatafilms.com, 407-860-3035. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Welcome to Healthcare Now. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. This is Larry, and I'm with my co-host, Dr. Mark, and our producer, John Kelly. Uh, you know, I think we're going to do something a little new, Doctor Mark. Looking we're going to pick a we're going to pick a healthcare topic yep. that is very common to people, and the one that I I think we should probably talk about today is back pain. That's a hugely common common problem. In fact, back pain actually causes ninety percent of people in some time in their life to experience some kind of back pain. Right. Uh, that's we can, a, that's you know, a crazy number. You know, we can do we can do a poll right here. There are three of us mm-hmm. in the room. We got we got Gabe in the back. So, Gabe, yes. Larry? Yes. All in. All, all, it's 100% yes, in this, in this all, all 100% in. There. So you've had back pain, Dr. Mark? I've had back okay. surgery, actually. Oh, I didn't know yep, that. Yep. I've had two epidurals in oh, my nice. life. There we go. And, but that's golfer's back. Yeah. You know. No, I was, I, was a, uh, I was in my 20s when I hurt mm-hmm. my back. It was an athletic injury that uh, resulted in the operating room, which is something we're going to talk yeah. about, right? Because right, right. surgery and back pain is uh, not necessarily 
the things that need to right. go together. Well, you know, we talked about 90% of people will experience back pain, mm-hmm. but a staggering 80% of adults are estimated to experience a back injury right. in their lifetime. Right. And that does make, you know, I mean, you can look at the 90% and, and uh, to me, that's almost like a low number because everybody at yep. some point has some discomfort. But if they are truly had an injury, a diagnosed injury, mm-hmm. that's a, a, a bigger deal. And how's this, how does this fit into the workplace? Well, it's uh, the number one cause of job-related disability. Yep, yep. And that's my, amazing. And the number one thing that my disability policy won't cover on me there. So I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. <laughs> it's a rider. These insurance yeah. companies yeah. have that figured yeah, out. Yeah, it's pretty pretty easily. <laughs> no, it's it's a huge, huge industry. I mean, and, yep. and it's really something. I mean, let's hit me up with some more numbers because yeah. it's, it's well, staggering. Well, it's estimated that a million people a year sustain some kind of a back injury in the workplace. It's workman's comp. And... Listen to this one. Americans spend $50 billion out of pocket on treating back pain. You know, that's so if you go online or you go drive down the street, how many places do you see different stores, different items? How many patents? It's just millions of patents on things for back and neck pain. Dr. Mark, we were actually going to have a back pain physician that uh, is an anesthesiologist that uh, was going to come on the show today, yep. and at the last minute she was unable to come, but we will have her in the future talking about some of these things. But another staggering uh, stat is back pain accounts for 264 million lost work days a year. Wow, that's a, that's a lot of a I lot can't of work even days. compute yeah. that. No, no. Mm-hmm. So that's that's essentially like a, a, the a entire a mil- year. Uh, yeah a million yeah. a million years of work days yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It's crazy. So that's that's me i hope nobody checks math on me i, I, I really can't <laughs> be trusted when it goes to that well most most people do recover i mean most people if you say did i have a back right even a back injury right uh the majority of people are going to get better True. aren't going to need uh much intervention and i think one of the issues over the years has become that the go-to treatments for back pain have been opioids and on steroidals and injections and yeah. a few things that have have as many downsides as they do upsides right. and the uh, prevalence of imaging yes. CT MRI right uh, they spend a hundred billion dollars a year on unnecessary imaging due to back pain dr. Mark that is a staggering number yeah. and it is every time you if you go into an emergency room and you say that you have a new onset back pain you are guaranteed to get imaged and looking at just a plain image, which would be, you know, just a regular stand up there, lay down side front and side images. Mm -hmm. Those are, they're not free, but they're not nearly as expensive as an MRI. And that's where you're going to end. Let me share a conversation with you that I had with uh, our physician that wasn't able to make it today. She was talking about imaging and physicians that the minute you come in for back pain, well, let's do a CT or an MRI Uh and CTs and MRIs do not detect inflammation. Yeah, MRIs so, do a little bit, but MRIs but do a little not, bit, yeah. But yeah, not to not, the point yeah. if they can tell what's going on. So the idea is you need a week or two to let the inflammation subside to find out what the real problem is and then do the imaging. Well, yeah, they talk about, so you've got you've got bony injury and disc injury right. and then soft tissue now, injury. Now, disc, that's a whole different yeah. animal. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but all those things come, those are all part and parcel to, mm-hmm. to back pain. And, and I, nerve you know, pain. And nerve pain. And so, nerve pain, yeah. And so, so it is, it, it gets... Uh, it becomes, this is a big workman's comp issue because, you know, when people do get diagnosed with a, with a back injury and their x-rays don't show something, they're, 
They're yeah. missing, like for in the in the neck, whiplash. Yeah. Whiplash is a that's a soft tissue injury. Right. You may not right. see anything, and likely won't see anything on on an X ray of that's any right. kind. That's right. And low back pain, but it works in two directions. Not only can you not prove it, you can't prove that it's not. And you know that's that's a lot of yeah. lot of money that's flowed through the workman's comp sure. industry for that. Well, you know, one in four workers' comp claims deals with back injury. Oh, no question. One yeah. in four. Yeah, that's the most by, yeah. by far the the most representing common. billions of dollars in cost every right. year. Right. And you you've heard of OSHA, the Office the Occupational Safety and Health Administration. Mm-hmm. If you own a business, you deal with OSHA. Oh yeah. In any way, shape, or form, they're still trying to, and they've been doing it for years. Look at ways to combat back pain in the workplace well they've done they've done education yep. training yep. there's videos um you, know, you go to go to home depot and lowe's and the, everybody's wearing a little back support mm-hmm. um but none, these numbers haven't changed at all not at all no but one of the things that that has changed and i don't i don't know i don't want to jump the gun here but mm-hmm. the the studies on surgery for back pain and you know the idea I mean, we were taught taught in med school is that you don't do back surgery for back pain. Okay, so it sounds mm-hmm. crazy because everybody's going in because their back hurts. So, Dr. Mark, what is the definition of chronic back pain? Can you give us a definition of that? Well, it, it's something that goes for 12 weeks or longer is exactly. going to be chronic, right? Okay. But okay. again, on the idea of what would possibly even need surgery, because people, if their back hurts, they want to go see an orthopedic surgeon, a neurosurgeon, and, and say, fix my back pain. But mm-hmm. back surgery absolutely doesn't fix back pain. Back surgery is for the neurogenic issues that the injury may have caused. Right. And, you know, and, and when we look at long-term studies on, on back surgery, most of the time you're going to do better by avoiding mm-hmm. any surgery and using non-surgical methods to address your back right. pain. And certainly, even when there's neurologic right. involvement, there are times when you can't, you know, when you have a disc or even a, a fragment of bone mm-hmm. that's impinging upon right. the spinal cord or the nerves or a that leave. disc or something like well, that. Well, bulging yeah. disc, you don't. I yeah. mean, that's those are the ones that get operated on quite often that yep. don't need yep. it. But the stats are very clear right. that the that's the last-ditch effort, that you well, don't want to go that route. The Global Burden Health Institute, which I did not know existed, no. actually <laughs> stated that the single leading cause of disability worldwide is low back pain injury. Right. That is a huge Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah. I think that uh, teleologically people would, uh, scientists would tell you that we were not ever made to walk upright, that, right. our, that our lower back just isn't designed carry to carry 100 pound right. bags. But, but I think, <laughs> exactly. But I think that part of it is the, the way we've been treating it over the years. And, you know, when we, when we start by, by distributing opioids, mm-hmm. um, that creates an entire new era of uh, issue. When we sure. start by saying, okay, well, you can't get this covered until you've spent a certain amount of money on care. Right. You know, and I think that, that just feeds the beast. Yeah, it of, does. Of, it of does. well, I'm going to get a couple of epidurals, yeah. and I'm going to go see my chiropractor. Yeah. I'm going to get some MRIs. So the system sure. has, in, you know, it was designed to protect the worker right. and care for the patient. But in so many ways, the system has kind of led us astray. Right. I've got a friend that uh, has actually had three back surgeries, mm-hmm. and he still has back pain. Of course. Well, as I say, back, back, and, and gotcha. you got to hear me. I mean, yeah. back surgery okay. does not cure back right, pain. Right. And if so, you have, you know, once you get back surgery and you have hardware put in, mm-hmm. so a lot of times, you know, the, the issue is that, that one of the vertebral bodies is too close to the other, and you're going to extract that space 
and recreate it. And the only way to do that is to put something in that's going to create that space. So you put hardware in. Once you put hardware in, our our spines are flexible and hardware is not. Hardware is made of metal. And so you start working on the the vertebrae that are above and that are below, right? So right. so right. you're 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 nearly guaranteed if you're lucky enough to live long enough you're going to have another sure. surgery. Well, you mentioned something earlier about opioid. Yep. There was a <clears throat> stat that said that almost 60% of people with back pain get a short opioid treatment. Right. And, and they're Right. And, and that's got to be bad. Right. And yep. so, and in that 60%, there's other studies looking broken down in age groups, somewhere between two and 8% of those folks are still going to be on opioids five years later. Wow. So call that an addiction, call it's that definitely whatever an it addiction. Is. Yeah. Yep. So, yep. and, and you know, what's really scary is the worst age group, the highest number for that stat are teenagers. So, like the back back to our uh, our our folks, the eighteen to twenty five, and that could impact their entire life. Oh, it does impact their life. No, no question about it. So, Doctor Mark, are you recommending more of a conservative philosophy, physical therapy, and 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 weight loss? Well, I Um, think I think a lot of it you need to start with the expectation. So, absolutely, got to figure out and find out what the problem is, and that problem is going to be different for different people, right? So. Absolutely want to start at the conservative therapy and work your way through. But that doesn't mean non-medical therapy necessarily. You need to make sure there's not something more rare, more unusual going on that might require surgical intervention. Well, you know, Dr. Mark, to speak to that, while sports injuries and accidents can cause back pain, sometimes the simplest movement, bending over to pick up a pencil. Oh yeah, and you can injure your back for life. No, believe me, I know, I know exactly <laughs> how. Happened? I know exactly. No, that's no. Mine was a sports injury, but oh, since okay. that time, I've leaned over to pick up an empty box and, and yeah. had just as much pain. Exactly. Yep. But but and and my surgery just to, as we before we jump out of break, my surgery actually again it wasn't for back pain. It was mm-hmm. because I had lost lost the nerve function in that in, having in the sciatica. Yeah. Yep. 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 I've had that. Yep. John. Well, you know, we can blame COVID-19 for everything. If you Google it on the Internet, they say the change of uh, lifestyle due to isolation is responsible for uh, back pain. But uh, busy on a Saturday afternoon, it doesn't mean you have to miss our show. You can listen anytime on a podcast, iHeartPods, Podbean, Apple Pods, even OrlandoMedicalNews.com. And please like us. We'll be right back. It's not really a long surgery. The recovery time was practically nothing. Pretty much a piece of cake. I look at my scar as my battle scar. You know, I won the battle. Went from death's door to I'm me again. I am enjoying life. I can count on tomorrow. Barostim is an option for heart failure patients with reduced ejection fraction. To learn more about the therapy and important safety information, please visit www.cvrx.com. Life can be challenging, even before COVID. Everyone experiences worry, anxiety, or even depression occasionally. So if you're feeling overwhelmed by stress, isolated due to COVID, are a caregiver to aging parents, or are dealing with any major life transition, Counseling Resource Services can help. We provide in-home and telehealth counseling covered by Medicare. Contact us at 407-654-4433 or visit us on the web at counselingresourceservices.com. Mark Chayot, MD 
practicing pediatric surgeon since 1997, working with Central Florida's premier hospital systems and outpatient surgery centers, providing unparalleled patient care and leveraging the latest in medical, technology, and education, accepting all major insurance. 407-228-4774 or visit orlandopediatricsurgery.com. Medical News, Central Florida's primary choice for professional healthcare news since 2005. Interested? Check out our website at orlandomedicalnews.com or give us a call at 407-701-7424. It's 2021. Let's talk about healthcare issues, surprise or unexpected billing, navigating a confusing healthcare market, introducing Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. Co hosted by IPN's Mark Chayette, Larry Jones, and Orlando Medical News, John Kelly. Join them at the brand new time, Saturday afternoon at 1, here on AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer. Well, we've got your answer to navigating the healthcare world. Welcome to Healthcare Now. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. Well, when we left you last, we were still talking about back pain, and I'd be willing to bet that at least half of our listeners have more back pain now than they did at the beginning of the Dr. segment. Dr. Mark, before we started this conversation, my back wasn't hurting. <laughs> I'm telling you, there's, there's power in words, power in words. But I did before we jump on to the, the next topic, I would like to talk about a few things like some tips to uh, prevent back Good. pain or to, to help out if there is some, some back pain. You know, healthy diet and healthy weight. Right. Um, and, you know, that, and that really goes for back pain That's and, and joint pain, yep. foot pain. Um, if, if, our, if our weight gets a little out of control, the amount of pressure on those joints and on those disc spaces are right where you want to be. And if you think about it, you were talking about how easily just leaning over and picking up a pencil. And I was yeah. saying, I'm picking up an empty box. Right. So if you imagine yourself, and so I'll have, the, have the, uh, the listeners at home kind of imagine you're picking up a box and you're holding it and you're carrying it. You're holding it right where your belly is. And most of us, when we gain weight, that's where we put the weight on. So not only is it just True. the weight to the ground, it's the way it affects our spine. So right. maintaining a healthy, a healthy weight is very, very important. Uh, to that end, staying active. Definitely. You know, levels of, of fitness and everybody's level of, of physical activity is going to be different. Um, yeah. If you've got medical problems or you've had other surgeries, you want to you want to talk to your doctor about what you can and should do. Right. And if you have the the luxury to be able to work with a trainer or a physical therapist, yeah. but you want to strengthen the muscles of the lower sure. back. What about the, how you pick things up, Dr. Mark? Yep. So you hear it all the time. You lift with your legs. Exactly. And and it's crazy yep. how important that is. And as, as, as again, you can just be off kilter. If, if this is something that happens to you routinely, every time you think about leaning forward, you've got to think about, you know, where your balance is and what your, what your posture, posture is like. Right. There are a lot of, uh, huge number of products out there. Um, there are a lot of different shoes that uh, sort of yep. change your posture. Um, low heel shoes are yep. a little safer than high yep. heel shoes. The thing that, uh, I picture when you say that is these women that wear these five inch heels. Yep. yep How could yep. they not have back problems? Yep. Well, I don't think you should. I don't think you should gender specify any of that. But uh, but yeah, no, it is. It is a uh, it is an it's anomaly. Be a problem. Yep. It is. But, you know, it's it's, you know, anytime you're putting that kind of pressure, changing the way our natural posture is, it's going to it's going to change things. Absolutely. Mattresses are huge, too. Yeah. Yep. And 
and there's lots of different products out there. Oh my God, the mattress. They say industry. sleep on a firm mattress, not uh, a soft mattress. Yes, but everybody's going to be different, and some True. of these some of these yep. mattresses that are designed for for healthy backs, um, they work for some, they don't work for others. Right. So, right. So anyway, I mean, we can kind of go on and on, but I, I, there's a I really want to talk about something that happened. Yep, something that happened. Uh, you know, just at the beginning of the week, there is a uh, a new Alzheimer's drug. Uh, that was was approved by the FDA. It's uh, Adahelm. And I think mm-hmm. I'm saying that right. Is that right, Larry? Adahelm. Adahelm. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I, I won't play around with its uh, generic name because that's <laughs> even that it's, that takes a few minutes to get used. But it's uh, it was uh, released by Biogen, or it's going to be released Should by be Biogen. Should be out in a couple weeks. A couple yep. weeks. Mm-hmm. So it's really kind of interesting because uh, again, everything as as John said a little everything ties back to COVID. Uh, People probably didn't know what this was until COVID, but now we talked about monoclonal antibodies with mm-hmm. COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, we thought saw when President Trump got his monoclonal antibodies uh, antibodies, so now more people know that word than ever in history. Uh, and so, this is a monoclonal antibody to the protein that is deposited in the brain that, that we feel is the actual cause of Alzheimer's. And from what I'm hearing, it's the first new treatment drug for Alzheimer's in over 20 years. Yeah, because all the other treatment drugs are sort of based on similar things. And, and it's been it's been frustrating. I mean, Alzheimer's affects a huge, huge amount of people. And uh-huh. I, I mean, I think it was a, a commercial uh, from uh, one of the Alzheimer's associations stating that, you know, Alzheimer's is more lethal than the virus that causes COVID-19. Um, you know, Alzheimer's is more costly uh, than than a lot of these things like back pain, um, so it's it's a hugely important thing, and it affects. We talked about how many people are affected by back pain, and this is another yep. one of those super common things. It is, and and I don't, I really don't I don't really want to reminisce. I I have a family Alzheimer's story, and Larry, you have a family I've Alzheimer's got several story. Several Alzheimer's so, stories. So so yep. it's super common. So to hear there's something out there, and and this drug we should say is targeted for early Alzheimer's symptoms. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they say if you're advanced stage, it's not going to work. Yeah, and, and they really haven't studied it there. That's right. But uh, but it makes sense since it's a monoclonal antibody, it's it's going to stop the production of this protein. So these are all really exciting things, and I don't want to be, you know, Debbie Downer here, but what's it going to cost? $56,000 a year. Per patient. Over $4,600 a month. Yep, yep. Now, so, Biogen says they're going to have some grants for these drugs that people that can't afford it, but... Who can't afford Nobody it? Can afford that. Who can't afford right. that? Yeah. Well, you know who can't afford that is the U.S. government because that's right. the majority, I would imagine, the biggest payer that's going to fit in this bucket is going to be Medicare. And, Absolutely. Yeah, and if it, I could throw one more stat in there, Biogen, the company mm-hmm. that developed this uh, Adahelm, mm-hmm. their stock went up 38% that closed at over $395 yesterday. Right. And so I did a calculation on how much Biogen I would have need to purchase That's right. in order to cover the cost of the <laughs> Alzheimer's drug. And the bad news is, is after the capital gains, yep. it only went up 38%. That's not nearly enough. But no, but I mean, all, all joking aside yeah. there, that, this that's This is a serious issue. matter. Well, they yep. believe Biogen expects to make over $7 billion, I think it was like yep. $7.8 billion, 7. 8 billion. billion yep. that's right. on this drug right. in the next number of years. Yep. And here's here's my question. Why do they need to make $7.8 billion right. on this drug? Right. Um, I, I get it. It's it's capitalism. Um, you know, this is an amazing drug. They, they spent millions. They may have right. spent hundreds of millions, right. but they didn't spend... Three point five well, billion, and that would give them a hundred percent 
you yeah, know. those profits are, are unreasonable, yep. number one. Right. But I think the, the bigger issue here, Dr. Mark, is the number of Alzheimer patients in America doubles every five years. Yep. yep. That is a staggering number. Yep. And if you've got elderly parents, you're probably dealing with either early onset dementia or worse or full blown yep. Alzheimer's. Yeah, there's almost yep. six million Americans affected today with Alzheimer's. That's crazy. Yep. I think so, that number's low. Yeah. It probably no, I think, I think it's I'll, low too. Yeah, John. You're probably right. Yep. I, mean, the, yep. I guess we should say those are the ones that have been diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Agreed. And and so, you know, the the diagnosis of Alzheimer's can be very complicated. And I think a lot of people out there a lot of families out there just say, well, yeah, it's grandpa, and, you know, that's just the way that way it is. And to be fair, there hasn't been a lot of things out there to offer. So you no. can understand. There's like, really no you know, cure for Alzheimer's. There's, well, there's yeah. clearly, yeah. clearly yeah. No, no cure, cure. Yeah. and there's been treatments have been quite disappointing. And I think that's the argument, you know, all these different great groups out there that are, are raising money for important things like, you know, treatment of cancer. Yep. But at the end of the day... The Alzheimer's folks have a pretty loud That's a worse voice. death than anything I can think of when you don't know your family anymore. I mean, well, it, it, it affects the others. Right, right, right. It, it, right. Prob- it probably isn't yeah. a terrible death for yourself. Yeah. My, once my wife's like, mother was mm-hmm. in a memory unit for 11 years. Right. And when she passed away, she didn't know any of us. Right. And that brings up a point yep. of the cost yep. of this disease, these yep. memory units, yep. the therapies, the diagnosis. So I would just say that I, I hope that hope and pray that this is the right medication for millions too. and millions of people. Yep. But at the same time, it just yep. can't be $56,000 well, a year. You, know, uh, you take about the, you talk about the drug itself. Let's talk about what a memory unit cost. Right. Or an my, MRI. my mother-in-law spent $8,000 a month for 11 years. Right. Staying in that memory unit. Right. So there, the argument that Biogen would have is that, you know, if this drug is successful, it's going to save a lot of money on the other side. Well, great. Mm-hmm. But that money shouldn't go into the coffers of the big pharma. I mean, yeah. I mean well, it's I still... estimated by 2040 that the cost in treating Alzheimer's will be in the neighborhood of half a billion, five hundred billion dollars a year, yeah, half if, a trillion yeah, dollars. And that's if we, that's if we don't make changes. And I think when we exactly. set out set out to uh, start the show, one of the things that we discussed is we want to put out there on the table what changes need to be made because we can't spend. Yep. $500 billion annually yep. on one disease. Right. So, Dr. We, Mark, talk about one of some of the typically early first warning signs of Alzheimer's and dementia. Well, it's always difficult because those are those, you know, Alzheimer's is a type of dementia and, mm-hmm. and dementia is just, you know, what we would call, you know, the old timers disease, right. which is a terrible, terrible right. way to talk about it. But, you know, me- memory loss comes in often the forget. It's hard because it's the things that we all start to experience well before anybody's having right. Alzheimer's, but the memory memory problems are the uh, the first warning signs. Uh, sometimes short it, term, Doctor Mark, um, they typically get a little worse uh, over time. But but in the very yeah. beginning, you can easily write that yeah. off. It worsens you know? over time. Yeah, but no it definitely question. worsens over yep. time. Yep. And uh, one of the things that you do here, uh, one of the early things that goes away, other than like forgetting names and whatnot, which we all do, is losing your geographic sense, like yes. you know how to get from one place to another. Uh, it's a real common story yep. that that it might be, so, yep. you know, some family member was on their yep. way to the store that they go, they've gone to countless times, and they get lost yep. coming back home. That actually happened to my dad. Yep, yep, my mom as he well. Was a, he was a mile and a half away from his home, and uh, couldn't figure out how to get home. Yep, yep. So that's that's another you know that's yep. another really really common thing. Yep. And but I think you know now that there may be some treatments on the way, and and this and Biogen's 
th- these numbers are going to change when there's a competitor, mm-hmm. right? And exactly. But, but if the competitor comes out and figures, I'm just going to get a, a portion of that eight billion dollars, then it's not going right. to change the right way. But now that there right. may be some answers out there, I think the workups are going to become even more important because you need yes. certainly with this medication you need to identify Alzheimer's on the early stage. Right. Well, I think the message here is get checked by your healthcare provider uh, if you're experiencing any kind of symptoms and determine what your treatable plan is. Absolutely. I think that's the message here, Dr. Mark. Yep, yep. Well, audience questions and feedback make the show great. Please share your questions for Dr. Mark or Larry at 407-701-7424 or email them to healthcarenow at orlandomedicalnews.com. We will get these questions on the show next week. We'll be right back. It's not really a long surgery. The recovery time was practically nothing. Pretty much a piece of cake. I look at my scar as my battle scar. You know, I won the battle. Went from death's door to I'm me again. I am enjoying life. I can count on tomorrow. Barostim is an option for heart failure patients with reduced ejection fraction. To learn more about the therapy and important safety information, please visit www.cvrx.com. Are improved patient outcomes valuable? Improved chronic care management, remote patient monitoring, medication management, all without increasing practice workload or expenses. rx to live provides a turnkey solution. Interested? rx2live.com or call John Fogarty, 609-605-6859. That's 609-605-6859. Mark Chayot, MD, practicing pediatric surgeon since 1997, working with Central Florida's premier hospital systems and outpatient surgery centers, providing unparalleled patient care and leveraging the latest in medical, technology, and education accepting all major insurance. 407-228-4774 or visit orlandopediatricsurgery.com. Orlando Medical News, Central Florida's primary choice for professional healthcare news since 2005. Interested? Check out our website at orlandomedicalnews.com or give us a call at 407-701-7424. Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Welcome to Healthcare Now. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, and this is our last segment of the afternoon, and I feel like we have covered some really great stuff. Uh, we have Dr. Mark been, been a little been a little on the passionate side, and this last segment, we're going to even take it up a notch. But you know, before we we go into this segment, back low back pain, yep, and Alzheimer's, right, are two of the most distressing um, problems and potentially debilitating problems in America today, and most expensive. And you know, we do all these value based programs with IPN, uh-huh. and our commercial ACO programs 
the number one reason for emergency room visit is low back pain. Yep, absolutely. Nope, it's not It's not going away. Nope. Nope. Well, all okay. right, so something else that maybe someday will go away. Let's talk a little bit about the ACA. Okay. Uh, some updates. And, you know, this is going to be we, – we really try to stay out of the politics as much right. as we can. Uh, here, the Affordable Care Act should be about medicine, should be about health. It has never been. Should be about affordable coverage is right. what it should, it should be. About. I mean, it's a great name. Yeah. It's a great name. Mm-hmm. And what frustrates all of us uh, that is just the information and the, the spin and the, 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 the garbage yep. that yep. We're, yep. we're talking about to make it look good. And as long as we try to make something that isn't working look good, it's going to keep going. That's right. right. And so we're not looking for an alternative. So let's talk a little bit about that. Okay. We can say... There are 31 million people currently enrolled in the marketplace or Medicaid expansion. Right. 31 million people, okay? And on, Medicaid on surface, expansion is only great. in 37 states, 30, just so you know. Right. And how many, let's let's break it down, that 31 million, how many are Medicaid expansion? Half of it. Right. And there was a statement made that that the that the ACA created the Medicaid expansion. Which had nothing to do nothing with Nothing to do with it. Nothing no. to do with it. Medicaid's been around for 50 years. Right. Yeah. And, and that expansion, it's not good when Medicaid yeah. expands because of things like the, the, the pandemic and unemployment. Yeah. The truth right? is there are about 11 million people that have actually signed up for the Affordable Care Act, known as Obamacare, under the healthcare.gov website. And there's been a million new lives since February, since Biden reintroduced uh, an open enrollment open period. Enrollment, which is still going and on until subsidi- September. Sub- subsidies have been double, tripled. Right. So That's so the for, truth. So for the yeah. individuals that have health care that did not have health care and who were paying money and are not paying money, okay, it's it's a good thing. But we can't go so far as, you know, the the CMS administrator, Chiquita brooks mm-hmm. Read 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 her her comment. I mean, put you on the it spot says, there. Yep. No, it's fine. Yep. It says, thanks to the Affordable Care Act, millions of Americans have been able to enroll in high-quality, affordable coverage through the marketplaces and the Medicaid expansion. Now, if that's not a political <laughs> rah-rah statement, nothing is. I'm sure there are many people who have had the good fortune of getting the ACA to work for them. But you can't tell me that every health care plan out there is the greatest health care plan and it is the high-quality, affordable coverage, because it just isn't true. That's never been true. Well, unless you have a subsidy, the Affordable Care Act is no different than any other private insurance plan that you go out and buy with an $8,000 deductible. Policy. It's the same exactly. policy. It's the same policy. Same That's policy. exactly right. No, so the, the subsidies have made a difference. They have. But they haven't changed. I don't think anybody was walking around saying that... that this wasn't a system right. that needed to be improved because right. it is. That, that's why. That's why we're on the air. I mean, it's, right? It's, but, but the healthcare is, system needs to be improved. Who would promote the fact that it's a good thing that in the latter part of 2020, 14 million more Americans went on Medicaid? I'm telling you, because who yeah, would promote yeah. that? Right, right. Well, it sounds great because that was always the plan, right? It was always the plan. Yeah. A lot of states opted yeah. out because the original yeah. ACA plan. Noting that there was no change in employment rates per right. se, but it was talking about extending, you know, states that could extend coverage to people that, right. that didn't have coverage. Yeah, but that just didn't happen. And, and let me clarify that statement uh-huh. I just made. It, Medicaid's a great thing if you have no other option. 
Absolutely. No question. And it's got some good benefits. But we don't want people on Medicaid, if at all possible. Right. And that's why the 13 states, including Florida, have not expanded Medicaid in Florida. If we expanded Medicaid in Florida, the cost of Medicaid would be greater than our entire state budget annually. Right. And understand, just for, we've talked about this before, Mm -hmm. Medicaid is supported partially by the state and partially by federal. the federal, yep, exactly. federal government. So so it is a shared cost, but that was, you know, our governor at the time said, we're not going to do it, and that was, you know, he could, he could tell you, we're, we'll be bankrupt. Well, the uninsured uh, in the last uh, 10 years has dropped from about 48% to 28% of Americans. Mm-hmm. Uh, that That's a good number. Right. But not at the expense of the taxpayers paying for it. Well, I mean, even with that expense, how mm-hmm. long can it last? Well, that's right. Is and, it and, sustainable? And it is. Yeah. And, and this starts starts looking a lot like, I mean, is this socialized payer, medicine? Yeah. yeah well, I mean, and so is. And at 20% of the GDP, I heard uh, some of the people the other day talking on, on the news about uh, how that GDP is continuing to increase. Right. And that uh, the average among uh, civilized countries is under 9%. Right. And right. we're at 20. We're at 20 percent increase. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, it 20 percent of the it GDP. doesn't seem like yep. I, I again, I just doesn't seem like this is a big win. I think maybe for some individuals and it, even with the big win, you know, it doesn't seem like something is going to be affordable going forward long term. So I'm happy that that people have coverage. I'm happy that more people have coverage. Yep. As, as you said, all, all, any coverage is better than no coverage. But I'm concerned that this isn't a solution. And if we don't talk about the fact that it's not a solution, we're never going yeah. to get one. Well, it Especially was reported. you running a trillion dollar plus, plus, plus debt. Right. True. Right. true. It's, a, it's a number that you just can't wrap your well, hands around. Well, I mean, around. we're at $4 trillion today, and it's expected by 2030, which will be here before you know it. That's going to double to $8 right. trillion. Dollars. Yeah, that, and that's our, that's our and cost that's of And that's at 25% of the GDP. Right. Right. It's got to yeah. be a solution yep. that's not yep. subsidy-driven. But, you know, the other thing is all 50 states and the District of Columbia have experienced reductions in their uninsured rates since the implementation of the Affordable Care Act. Right, which doesn't make any sense. And that's what they're they're playing on. Right, right. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So, so, I mean, I think that as we, as we move forward, you know, it's always been a political issue. And, I'm you know, like I say, I'm, I'm glad it's been – there's been something there for people to turn to. Right. But we need to be honest and say that our, our government needs to work towards a better plan, a better policy, and it is yeah. not the affordable health care. Well, Dr. Mark, it's about health equity and health security, yep. which right. you know is the number one agenda with CMS and HHS mm-hmm. in this new Biden administration. But I think the issue there for Americans and our listeners is at what cost? At what cost, right. And and, and at if we're going to sit back and think that we can work on those things while this other thing is successful, well, there's going to be a big distraction when it just collapses on us, you know, so we'll lose our way. Yeah. Well, I think we kind of beat that up enough. I think we did. We got, we got a couple more minutes to, to talk. We did. Um, we, uh, I think it was on our last show, we talked a little bit about uh, home care. We did. And uh, I, I, we glanced, uh, kind of glazed over the fact that well, home care is a big had, business. We uh, even had Sandra Morales right. in here from... Uh, um, Cassie Home Health. Right. Yep. So, and she was great. She yep. was great. Yep. And you can really see uh, companies like hers doing well. Yep. And, and and there were other big moves that we, I don't know if we really got to mention them. 
We didn't. You know, one of the big ones is Mayo Clinic and Kaiser uh, have announced that they'll be entering a collaborative partnership with a company called Medically Home. Yep. And this is a an at-home acute care company, and that's taking that hospital to the home. Right. And, you know, Kaiser Permanente mm-hmm. has, has been a, an extremely successful uh, corporation for they many have. years, and they don't do a lot of partnering like this. They're the dominant player in yeah. California. Right. Oh, no, yeah. And well, many other, many other and states, even the yeah. Northeast. Oh, no, they, yeah. and they've... Yeah. They've seen growth. You know, they, they have they have a huge amount of great data. Uh, I think, you know, as we start moving towards using things like uh, blockchain technologies to, to right. figure right. out the right way to do things, Kaiser Permanente's got right. the data we need. Uh, but that's interesting that they're working working with Mayo, so two really great institutions. Yep. So, and Walmart had an announcement. It, it acquired a Walmart telehealth a, provider. Walmart acquired MeMD. Yeah. And uh, that's to just promote their telehealth. Mm-hmm. And looking at mainly behavioral health right. and urgent care, uh, yeah, and, and yeah, primary care, primary, yeah, care. and primary yeah, care, yeah, yeah. yeah the yes. three. So, the, so when Walmart and CVS kind of jumped into the healthcare arena a few years ago, you and I had a conversation. We um, did, and we weren't we weren't very off base here. They're they they've jumped in, they've jumped out, and now this is sort of a a, a rebirthing, if you will. Right. I'm, I think that those space the space the behavioral health space needs help anywhere it can get. Yeah, well, if you recall, we talked the other day about uh, 70% of telehealth visits today deal with mental health issues. Right. But when you get when you jump into the primary care side of, of Walmart, I mean, we're looking mm-hmm. at mostly extenders, uh, not not many docs. And they have their own primary care clinics yeah, too. Right. So at it's Walmart. So I don't I don't know how I don't know how I feel about that commercial entity yeah. jumping any stronger than that. I mean, that's what they tried to do in the very beginning and it didn't work out. Exactly. So, so any other big names or big discussions um, about Centene? Cent- uh, yes, Centene. Uh, they're they're continuing to build their empire. They're right. uh, in uh, ten states mm-hmm. with over two point two million Medicaid. Lives. And we should say so. Centene is yeah. a is a but a couple it, more a provider, uh, in particular GoodRx. You know the GoodRx company. Yep. Uh, they're acquiring a health company, a video company called Healthy Nation, hmm. for seventy five million dollars. And GoodRx basically intends to provide consumers with a high-quality information program. And my question to you on that, Dr. Mark, is that a competition with WebMD? Sounds like. I mean, sounds it does, like it. I mean, it? Yep, 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 they've grown some. Yeah. And then well, the last one, Google, is requiring their health insurers to have a certification program before you can actually advertise on Google now if uh, you're a healthcare provider. That's okay. interesting. Yeah, that is. A yep. little, little extra again, security. Again, do we deal with the mega tech companies? That's part of the problem. They're, they're not going away. Yep. Nope. But we're going away, John. Well, Dr. Mark and Larry, our Saturday afternoon with Central Florida's most intelligent audience is winding down. I need to recognize our sponsors. Uh, Angela with Angela Sells Orlando www.angelacellsorlando.com. A big thanks to my two co-hosts, Dr. Mark with Pediatric Surgery PA and Larry with Integrated Independent Physicians Networks. As always, our advertisers, Diana Sacato, who makes all our commercials with Sacato Films, John Fogarty with RX to Live, ThoughtSwift, April and Mary Catherine, with Counseling Resource Services, you probably read about their special program with the Lake Mary uh, Police Department last month in the uh, May Orlando Medical News. And uh, myself, John Kelly, with the Orlando Medical News. Please remember, you may be busy on Saturday, but you can listen to our show anytime. 
iHeart Pods, Podbean, Apple Pods, and OrlandoMedicalNews.com. And please take a moment and like us on one of these review sites. Larry, a final thought for our audience? Yeah, take time to become an informed healthcare consumer. It's one of the best ways you can protect your family. See you next week, Dr. Mark. See you next week. Do you feel better now? We hope you do. Join us again next week for Healthcare Now. For a podcast of this program, go to theanswerorlando.com. <laughs>